And it felt like the system around sort of modern day education was focused on your average student, like teaching them how to graduate rather than how to be successful sort of post-graduation. Wow. What is good, everybody? This is Michael Sakond, the founder and CEO of Our Future. We're the go-to business podcast and media brand for Gen Z business leaders. And today, boy, do I have a Gen Z for you. I've got Mr. Rahul Kati, an awesome entrepreneur from the University of Michigan, my very own school, sitting across from me. Rahul, it's great to have you on. I've been wanting to uh, interview you for a minute now. Yeah, glad to be here. Awesome. So why don't you tell us a bit about yourself? Uh, and your title, I believe, is the founder and CEO of Uniflow. But give us the other details to fill in the gaps. Of course. Yeah. So I'm a sophomore at the University of Michigan studying industrial operations engineering uh, with a minor in, in computer science and economics. Um, again, originally from Princeton, New Jersey. I was really interested in science and math and that kind of background. So decided to come to Michigan, originally wanting to do computer science. I had no intentions, actually, of going into the business world at all. Um, but when I came here, I joined a consulting club, really liked the idea of being able to work on real projects that had almost like a bigger scope uh, and didn't really work into like the nitty gritty details of the projects itself. Um, on top of that, again, really liked talking to people more than I liked sort of the coding side of things and eventually ended up dropping computer science uh, to free up some more time to really focus on the things uh, I was passionate about. So that was sort of my first year at Michigan. Um, and then I realized, again, how lucky I was to have joined a lot of these clubs that really helped me sort of find these passions outside of the classroom. Um, from there, that's when I got this idea to start Uniflow. So Uniflow is a tool that helps schools better advise their students uh, on reaching working towards their post-graduation goals. We do that by centralizing different opportunities, both in your school and out of the school. Uh, and then later on, working on recommending opportunities based on your career interests and your personal interests as well. You had this idea to create a campus engagement software. So what happened? It was right after COVID. Was it before COVID? You know, tell me the process of, you know, this crisis happening and then you guys like adapting to come up with an idea that would fit right within the narrative of a global pandemic. Definitely. So the pandemic actually just hit like a month into us having an idea. So it kind of changed things uh, from sort of like an entering universities uh, perspective. So the first thing that we actually were planning on doing was just creating a platform to help centralize clubs as the main opportunity that we would focus on. Uh, but with the pandemic, I think there was a need for those virtual cl uh, for club fairs that usually happen in person to go online, given that people couldn't interact with clubs and things like that uh, in person. So again, the first step towards that was creating those virtual club fairs. Um, and then again, we built the product in a month, uh, ended up launching it in September to five different business schools. Yeah. You built this product in a month. So you you had an idea before COVID hit, is that correct? So you something along these lines before there was even any pandemic conversation at all? Exactly, yeah. This is a problem you identified before everything was virtual. So tell me, let's talk about your hypothesis. Like, why was there an opportunity for this? And let's exclude the pandemic because you came up with this idea in a, in a kind of a, a vacuum of, of that. Of course. So I think the main idea comes from the fact that counselors and high schools and colleges alike are really busy. Uh, because of that, right, your high school counselor is managing, I think, over 400 kids per counselor. And then for college, it's a thousand students uh, per counselor. And they just don't have time to really help students uh, pursue different opportunities outside of the classroom, right? They're very focused on giving you guidance about your academic course load, about what classes to take. And it felt like the system around sort of modern day education was focused on your average student, like teaching them how to graduate rather than how to be successful sort of post-graduation. Uh, and again, a lot of success post-graduation in my mind was, okay, what you actually do outside of the classroom. 
So again, putting those opportunities and making them more accessible for your average student, uh, that was sort of the original goal. And again, it was the modern education system just doesn't have the ability to give you the one-on-one -on -one guidance that your average student would need. In 2015, three college kids at Yale decided they want to combine coffee and snack bars to get that energy boost and get a little food in your stomach. You know, the Ivy League workload was pretty tough. So they innovated and created the ultimate pocket-sized pick-me-up and it's called a Verb Energy Bar. Yeah, the company's called Verb Energy. These bars have just 90 calories and the same amount of caffeine as a cup of coffee. And the bars come in delicious flavors like salted peanut butter, vanilla latte, and blueberry crisp. They are absolutely delicious and you, the listener, can get a starter pack of Verb Energy for just $12. So you're getting 16 energy bars for just $12 at 50% off with code our future. And you can click the link in the description of this podcast to get that deal applied directly to the checkout. So go get your starter pack at the link in description. And if you want to learn more, the founders of Verb appeared on number 111 of the podcast. So go back and listen to the full founder story if you're a CPG head. Okay, back to the show. Wow. Yeah, I think in a big school like Michigan, you're kind of expected to just find your own way, right? There's like there must be like 500 like clubs on Michigan's campus and some of them kind of break out of the clutter. You know, you go to festival, you miss most of them. Right. And there's no like centralized place. Like you look at maze pages, which is like your closest competitor, uh, at least in Michigan's context. And it really isn't like a good user experience. So really there is no like compass to figure out like where you can fit in. And it's so important to be part of clubs on college campuses, especially at a big school, because you're going to feel lost if you're not. Definitely. I mean, that was the case for me. My freshman year, I remember I didn't necessarily, I wasn't able to find that community uh, coming in that first semester. And I was like really close to actually transferring back to Rutgers just because I didn't find that community. I wasn't sort of having that great experience. As soon as I got sort of joined my club, I kind of got lucky hearing about it. Uh, it completely really shape-shifted my college experience. So totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. So do you think you're, the fact that you studied CS when you came into college, like influenced the lens in which you viewed the potential for startup ideas. So having that kind of base in wanting to be a CS major allowed you to be like, okay, let me think of a technology technology product. Definitely. So I think that, yeah, I guess having an engineering background in general does sort of make you, again, want to do something a little bit more technical. But yeah, it did help a little bit. But I think another thing that contributed to wanting to do that is, again, knowing that I had a good network of people that I could team up with that could be the groundwork uh, for doing a lot of the coding, right? The people that were actually handling the coding of the platform itself, again, my CTO, Andrew, is the person that handles a lot of that. So he's been a great, great teammate. Um, but it's always good to have that network of people that can actually execute that. All right. So you guys coded this platform up in a month. So what what month was this, by the way, that, that you started working on the actual tech product? Yeah. So this was like the very beginning, I believe, of August. Oh, it was... Wow. So you were on a time crunch. You're like, we need to get this done by September. Exactly. Yeah. Dang. Do you guys get a single like minute of sleep? Like, how did you pull that off? <laughs> None of us did. I mean, we had an awesome team of engineers that were working sort of day in, day out. Um, regular 80 hour weeks uh, for me and Andrew. And we were really stressed out the whole time. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just grinding through the month you can because like, look, you have a date that you have to execute by and it really just needs to get done. So that was sort of the mindset that we took, uh, took with it. Wait, wait, so you came up with the idea before the pandemic, but you only started working on the product in August? Yeah, so the product had switched gears a little bit. So when we started in the pandemic, our thing was uh, 
pre-pandemic, our thing was mostly focused around just the centralization of opportunities in general. So the platform was a little bit different than what we had to uh, sort of release post-pandemic, because again, we had to add features about, again, like how to do these virtual club fairs. I think that was a really big hype part about our platform release in September. Uh, so that platform was very different than what we'd originally envisioned. So the product eventually just shape-shifted a lot uh, in the two months after we did the initial product again pre-pandemic, and then again, we launched that um, in September. Wow. So you secured the contract with Michigan, Ross, and a few other schools, right? In the in, in, within. So did you sell the schools on a product that was not yet complete? Did you have the uh, confidence to go and do that? Yeah, that's exactly what we did. So we, we had the designs mocked up. Uh, we said, look, we're going to build this. It's mostly ready. And then we went ahead and, and actually executed. Yeah. Um, and then we gave it to them as a pilot uh, for the first semester to, let, again, let them try it out before. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's a great lesson in entrepreneurship, right? Like, you just have to like agree, like you just have to like do it. Like, you know, a lot of companies like didn't even have like the core product when they agreed to a deal, but they got it done. Like, that's just like the nature of entrepreneurs. So wishy-washy, you know, like you guys, you guys were like went out and got these deals while the product was still in incubation. And then by the time it was time, it was done. You guys got it done. So, so uh, kudos to you guys. Appreciate that. Yeah. So pilot. So are these schools, did these schools renew their licenses for the second semester? Yeah, it was really hyped. So five out of the seven schools that we piloted with already renewed with like multi-year interest. So again, Michigan, wow. Ross, USC Marshall, uh, Penn State, Neil, um, and a couple other schools. And then also like now for this new semester, we're selling to more schools. So again, just last week, um, uh, a community college in San Francisco just signed on. So again, we're expanding there. And then right now the focus is more on just expanding to high schools as well, because that's a that's an area we're looking uh, to getting into. Yeah. So subscription revenue, um, or is it per user per, I mean, how does the pricing work? Of course, so it's an annual licensing fee. Um, that's again, takes into account largely how many students are gonna be using the platform. So you can think of it as like a per student thing. Uh, that's more common in the high school space. So that's how we do it there. And then for the colleges, they again like to have custom uh, quotes uh, based on yearly usage. And again, what size of school it is and their, what their capabilities are, yeah. That's awesome, dude. So are you also looking at other verticals for customers or are you mainly focused on the college market? Definitely. Right now, uh, the plan is to also expand to high schools, because uh, what's surprising that a lot of people don't know about is that the high school market is actually very big. There's just so many high schools that and they have principals that actually really, really care and work closely with the students. So that's uh, that's a market that we're looking to expanding to again, because a lot of the bigger high schools, especially they have that one guidance counselor that's responsible for around 400 students right. and they need help and being able to point them towards opportunities. Sure. I think this would be interesting for high school students as well to just understand what clubs are on college campuses, because, you know, when I was applying to Ross, I would like I was looking at clubs on their website, but half those clubs are inactive. So yeah. it would be good to get some kind of metrics for activity and engagement, put those in a Uniflow and then have kids be able to really understand, you know, what's going to be available to, available to them when they get to that college they apply to. Of course, later on, yeah, and I think some of our schools are actually planning on when a student is coming into either coming to the school or looking at the school that they're interested at being able to give the student a guest access link to the club so they have an idea of what the culture looks like. Um, but yeah, it's great, great idea. Yeah. yeah. Um, thoughts on having clubs pay for preferential 
um, placement within your, your, your service, or, you know, maybe it could be a contest or something. I mean, cause some kind of ranking algorithmic, you know, um, priority view viewership clubs. Yeah. So the new platform that we're working on does rank the clubs in a certain way, but it's not necessarily based on a ranking that really defines how the clubs sort of are. It's, it's more based on how personal they are and how well they match up uh, to your personality. Uh, we're pretty against right now sort of uh, allowing or asking for clubs to pay again, because we want it to be sort of like an equity play um, yeah. and it can just promote accessibility overall. So your average student understands the options, uh, options that are available to them for what they actually are. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good, it's a good, hub um so let's go back to the chief value ads you think the chief value ad is centralization aggregation of course right now that's what we're focusing on so again not just centralizing things on campus though for example for high schools and colleges with this new platform release coming in the summer uh, we're also going to be centralizing thousands of national opportunities and summer programs that most students don't even know exist that are completely free to take part in for, mo for the most part um, as well, and then for high schools, uh, you're also looking to centralize your local opportunities, things like uh, volunteering at your library center and things like that on top of everything that exists in the school. So that's the play right now. So again, just centralizing all those things that exist outside the classroom, like you said. Um, but again, the second part of our mission and, and what we're trying to get to in the long term is being able to recommend students opportunities that pertain to their professional goals. So things like, hey, if I'm interested in investment banking, what opportunity should I get involved with outside of the classroom and what? Yeah. Got it. So you could enter your interests and then be fed clubs that match those interests. Exactly. So we already do that with the new version a little bit, but again, planning on expanding that out, uh, out a lot more to actually work with your career. Yeah. Maybe even a mentorship play. Like you could get matched with certain kids at those clubs who signed up to be representatives, right? Their inbox is open. Maybe they have a chat within your platform where people can just text them, ask them questions. Of course, I mean, that's a great, I'm gonna write that down because it's a great idea, yeah. Yeah, you have a, there's a lot here because it's like consumer-facing platform, right? You can just like add a bunch of cool features to add value. Um, I, think it's, I think it's all pretty exciting. So what would you say is like your, you know, number one piece of career advice, looking back on, you know, spinning up a product from scratch and now being the CEO of a successful startup that has, secured contracts and has done the dance? I think from uh, business advice, I think the number one thing is by far knowing your customer, uh, making sure that what you're building is something that the customer actually wants and is willing to pay for. Um, so any person that comes to me asking about, hey, how do I sort of start a business or how do I work on something like that? I think that's the first thing. I tell them, right, you have a great idea, but do you know that your client or the clients that are in your industry actually think that's a great idea as well? Ladies and gentlemen, that was Mr. Rahul Kati, the co-founder and CEO of Uniflow, doing some amazing things in student engagement software. I had a great time talking to him. Just a reminder that we are now on YouTube, so make sure to check us out there. Subscribe if you want the video versions of these interviews. Make sure to be following us on socials at Our Future HQ. And as always, I want you to do one thing, and that is to stay frosty. And the second thing I want you to do is leave our future review on Apple Podcasts. It takes less than 60 seconds. really helps the show grow. Okay, and then the third thing is going to be back to the first thing, which is to stay frosty. Peace out, everybody.